Blog Talk Radio. Hi, Dad. We're here again, and it's uh, Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., and we're going to talk about the second part of Job. I think it's the second part. And I was just telling you, I think he's a great example of the law of attraction. He lost it all. Well, he was really wealthy and had God and, and lost it. And then God said, hey, uh, it's leaving. God, devil took everything away from him. And, and, the, and now you're at the part where he gets it all back, I think. The law of attraction. What you think about, you bring about. But he never lost his faith, if I remember from last week. So anyway, please share with us what happens next. Well, you know, as we talked about Job, there was Job sitting here on earth, and uh, it relates to the oldest book in the Bible. Now, get it right. We're not, it's not the oldest book, meaning Moses wrote the Torah, first five books of the Bible. But Moses is not born when Job was written. So they write a time when Job is the oldest known book of the Bible. But it was not before Moses wrote his five books. Moses wrote his five books as God instructed him to do it. So Genesis is the oldest book in the Bible, but Job relates to the oldest writer of the Bible. Well, anyway, I hope you understand. It's kind of confusing. But uh, there was there was God in heaven, and he uh, had the angels come around to the old meeting, and Satan came in with them. Satan said to God, said, uh, God said to Satan, said, what are you doing here? And he said, I'm just looking around. So they had a conversation. And, uh, God said to Satan, said, have you looked at my brother, my boy Job down, down the earth? And, Job, and Satan laughed and he said, well, you, you must be your man. But he's your man because you protect him. He's great wealth, and you protect him. So he said, right, he's forgiven. God said, what do you mean? So anyway, he and Job talked it out. And he uh, told Satan, he said, I'll tell you what you do. You can take everything you got. But he will still be my servant. He still loves me. He will never curse me. They said, oh, you're wrong. So God said, okay, Satan, I'm going to let you touch you, but you cannot. Touch his life. So, a few months later, I used a man to get up in heaven. Satan was there among them. Satan said, I mean, God said to Satan, said, wait a minute, what are you doing here? I'm touching to and fro on the earth. Well, I'm walking around, but your man Job doesn't want to curse me. Doesn't want to curse you, God. But if you let me touch his life, he'll have no authority to save his life. And you will. He will curse you. Satan see is trying to get to God. That's all Satan does is he's trying to get to God. He always considered himself equal or above God. And he wanted to prove a point. That's one of the features of the cross. When I when I preach about the cross, that died, Christ died on it was certainly that God wanted to prove to Satan that he was above all. But Satan, for all he is, and he was anointed cherub, and he was very brilliant, very smart, and very nice-looking. Satan constantly wants to be above God. 
who wants to be like God. It's a rivalry between, not rivalry with God, but rivalry with Satan. He wants to be part of of uh, God. He wants to be better than God. He wants to be equal to God. He wants the people. He wants the people around and say, "Look at Satan. Satan is wonderful." But that's where it's coming from. They take Job's house, his daughters, his wife, not his wife, his daughters, his sons, his flocks, his riches. Complex them with boils and his various with dirt on his head, which is the custom at that time. Moaning his His three friends came to to look at him and they didn't recognize him. They were from the First Baptist Church of uh, you know what. And uh, some of them were Presbyterian, some of them. Anyway, his three friends came and they sat with him. And for seven days, they sat with Job and didn't open their mouths. Well, they couldn't be from a church because they were, most church members are mildly anyway. But they, 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 they could not understand Job. So after seven days, look at him and look at him understanding one of them spoke of Eliphaz said uh, Eliphaz said to Job if one ventures a soul word with you will you be impatient Job let me ask you now I'm going to talk to you but are you going to be impatient are you going to throw me out and he goes on and he talks about his sins Job sits and listens to him. Now, here's a man that was from his balls to his feet to the top of his head had boils. He was horrible-looking. His skin was flaking. He had pus coming out of every part of his body. He was in pain, suffering from ridges to nothing. That's where Job was. Eliphaz says to him, Call now. Is there anyone who will answer you? To which is the Lord, the Holy One, will you turn? So Eliphaz is given a dissertation about God. And then in uh, verse chapter 6, it's about 41 verses, I mean 41 chapters in Job, but in Job 6, Job replies, My complaint is just. I know it's just, because I haven't done anything wrong, guys. But you can criticize me all you want, but 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 I've not done anything wrong. I'm asking my God to help me. Job continues on to verse chapter seven. He continues, my life has hope. My life has hope. When you're down and out, does your life have hope? Or are you cursing God? Bildad. Second guy over on the totem pole. Bill Dad the Shuhite answered and said, How long will you say these things? The words of your mouth be a great wind, like a great wind, because all you're doing is shouting for nothing. Does God prevent, pervert justice, or does the Almighty pervert the right? If your children have sinned against him, he delivered them to the hands of their aggression. And on and on he talks about the righteousness of what Job claims to be, but he, Bildad knows he's not. 
criticizing. Job replied, There is no arbiter between me and God. And Job answered and said, Truly, I know that it is so, but how can a man be right before God? When you get into trouble, do you question God? God, why are you letting this happen to me? God, why are you... Why did this person die? God, why did this? Why, why, why? Why don't we just trust God that he's going to deliver you? And Job never once lost his faith. What is faith? Can you answer me? Can you answer me? Tell me what faith is, what God does, what you know God will do, what you know God is doing. Always remember that God wants you to look at him as the author and finisher of the of you, God will never let you down. Many, many, many times have I been faced with that situation, and a lot of times I have fallen. Not fallen from salvation or any of that nature. God always lives in my heart, and is always my blessing. But many times I've questioned God. I, above all, sometimes say, God, are you mad at me? What the heck is wrong with me? God, Job, continues a plea to God. I loathe my life. I hate my life. Do you ever thought that? I will say to God, do not condemn me. Let me know why you contend, contend against me. So Job is questioning God. He never, ever, ever rebuke God. The third guy spoke up. Zophar. Zophar said, Should a multitude of words go against go unanimous unanswered, and a man full of talk be just right? Should you babble silence silence to man? And when you mock, shall no one shame you? Here was here is a Zophar. We have Eliphaz, we have Bildad, we have Zophar. And all of them now have spoken. And Zophar continues on and on about Job and his impatience and his tenderness and his sins and there's a sin in his life. Twelve, Job replies, The Lord has done this. Job answered and said, No doubt you are the people. And, and wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you. I have no, inf- I am not inferior to you. <laughs> Don't that little spunk got to me. He was a miserable physical wreck. But he was able to talk. I'm a laughing stock to my friends. To you, I'm a laughing stock. Have you looked around you in your life as you travel through this earth? And all the trials and tribulations that you might enjoy or enjoy or not enjoy, and you realize that you're just a small part. And really, folks, you are. You are just a small part of God's plan. God is is everything. God is number one. God will answer you. I know my daughter talks about God as God is her buddy. But a lot of people think God is so reverent that He's not your buddy. But I look at God through the eyes of my daughter, and I'm surprised that I can look at God, and he's my blessing. He is my everything. 
Job continues, still a hope in God. Behold, my eyes have seen all this. My ear has heard and understand it. What I what you know I also know. I'm not inferior to you. Like I said, he still had spunk. He knew what he was doing. And he always looked to God for answers. Job continued on against what uh, Zophar had said, and he said that man is born of a woman. In a few days and full of trouble, he comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues mind. So Eliphaz, first accuses, he does not fear God. Like I said, Job still had spunk. Job still had the spirit living within him, that spirit of God. And he could answer his three tormentors now, who had kept silent for seven days. Job, even Eliphaz, accuses Job, not, does not fear God. Then Eliphaz, the termite, answered and said, Should a wise man answer with a windy knowledge and feel as deadly with, with the east wind? She accuses Job of not fearing God at all. All, all. all Job was trying to do was vindicate what he felt. And then chapter 16, Job replied, Then Job answered and said, I have heard me such things, and miserable comforters are not all. Till windy words have an end. Then chapter 17, he says, My spirit is broken. My days are extinct. But this time, Joe's wife came to him and said, You listen, you're a miserable hunk of man. Why don't you just curse God and die? That sounds like a woman that loved him. Does your woman or your man love you like that? That when you're down and out, they look at you and say, well, just curse God and die. Maybe you're not holy enough to believe that. Most people trying to serve God, they fall short. Well, now, may I ask you a question? Do you have enough evidence against you or for you that you would be convicted of being a born-again man saved by God, Christian? I know a lot of people don't know what I like the word Christian, but Christian is Christ-like. Do you have enough evidence against you that you'd be called a Christian? You know, I'm uh, particular in one way. I uh, live in an era of where a lot of Jews are. And I am constantly, don't don't feel sorry for me because I have been blessed. I've been constantly aroused by, by my Jewish brothers. They love me, but they make fun of me. Can you stand abuse? You're not being abused by being a Christian or, or worthy of a man to be saved. Are you really that? If you're standing in front of a judge, would a judge judge you as being a Christian? Christ-like? I hope you would. If not, you may not be a 
God's sake. You may not have the Holy Spirit living in you if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. You can apply today for that. All you have to do is confess your sins. Believe that Christ died for you on the cross. That you can be born again. And I ask you today, if you're not born again, would you look at Christ and say, Christ, please forgive me for all my sins. And I confess my sins to you. So Job continues on. My spirit is broken. My days are extinct. The graveyard to be is ready for me. Job is hoping he could die. And they'll they'll build out. He takes I got something for you, Job. How long will you hunt for the words? Consider them. We will speak. Why are we contented as a cattle? Why are we stupid in your sight? Why are we stupid in your sight? I have a man that I talked to today. He has good wisdom. He's easy to talk to. We were talking about God. He said, a man cannot think. If a man thinks he can survive, I said, you're right. I think about God, how great God is, and how he allows me to live. Are you allowed God to live in you? Do you thank God every day, every minute of every day? Do you pray to God? God is everything. God controls this world. God created this world. God will destroy this world eventually. Then Bildad said, How long will you hunt for words? Consider them, and we will speak. Chapter 19, Job replied, How long will you torment me? Is anybody tormenting you? Are you so quiet? So afraid to speak to God, for God. Do you that's what God hired you to do. He gave you eternal life. We're going to heaven. Streets are paved with gold. City is an enormous square. The city that is being built in heaven is a city that if you're a start in New York, you go all the way to Dallas, Texas. And this is high and wide and long as ever. It's a perfect cube. And that's where we live. We live. But God is our gracious comforter. He's our protector. And Job says, How long will you torment me? Yeah, look up to God and he said, God, how long are you going to torment me? I haven't done anything wrong. They never cursed God, never forgave God, never attempted to go away from God. So verse chapter 20 so far speaks out. Therefore, my thoughts answer me because of my haste within me. I hear and consider that it helps they insult me. And out of my understanding, a spirit of understanding and love. So, so far, he's speaking in. And Job replied, chapter 21, Keep renewed listening to my words. Hear, hear with me. 
I will speak in answer I have spoken to Mark and on and on he goes. Joseph, Joseph feeling sorry for himself, but he never, ever, ever gives up. Eliphaz speaks out. Can a man be probable to God? Well, sure. Surely he he who is wise is probable to himself. And is it any pleasure to to the Almighty if you are in the right or is gain to himself if you make him blameless? So Eliphaz cuts it down. He said, you're not that great. Why don't you listen to yourself? All you do is spinning a tale that you can't prove. Chapter 23, Job replies and said, Today also my complaint is bitter. My hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Chapter 24, Why are times of judgment kept by the Almighty? And why do these know him, never see his days? Do you like that? you sometimes thank God that left you alone? Chapter 25, Bildad speaks out. Then Bildad the Shuhite says, Dominion and fear are with you, God. And he makes peace in, in his high heaven. Is there any number to be in his army? Upon whom do his height arise? He cares on him. Adventures him. And Job said, How have you helped him who has no power? How have you helped God you have no power? How have you saved the arm that has no strength? How can you counsel him who has no wisdom? This excuses Job of everything. Job is a sinner. There was forgotten God, and that strength is that blessing. Job says, As God lives, who has taken away my right, and the Almighty has made me so bitter, as long as my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips will not speak falsehood. Through it all, Joseph didn't stand here sitting. Through it all, he said, God is everything to me. Is God everything to you? Surely, Job continues, surely there's no mind, no time or mind for, for silver, a place for gold that, that, that can be refined. Iron is taken from the earth, and copper smelted from the ore, puts an end to his garden. And all in all, Job continues to praise the Lord, but wonders, what in the world have I done to deserve all, I, all he's given me? Never understanding that he, he did this because Satan challenged him. God said to Satan, have you considered my Job? Job is a righteous, upright man. And Satan said, if you let me take his health, take his wealth, I guarantee you'll curse God. Job never did. 
they question why God would get, have him go through it. Have you been tormented by God? Allowed God to give you temptation? Did you survive? And Job began to up his discourse and said, Oh, that I were in the month in the months of old, as in the days when God watched over me. And it continues, but now chapter thirty. But now they laugh at me. Men who are younger than I, whose father I would have disdained, set with dogs on my flock. What would I gain from the strength of my hands? And on and on goes. It's always questioning God to help him, to God, Jesus, to do what he wanted to do with Job. And Job lashed it out. Job's final appeal. For I have made a coat over my eyes. How then can I gaze at a virgin? What would be my portion from God and my hearing from the Almighty on high? And on, Job continues. Chapter, chapter 32. Eli reveals to. So three men to seek to answer Job because he is he is righteous in his own eyes. Then the fourth prophet. This is the first time that he's entered into the uh, scene. His name is Elihu. Elihu, this is says. He burned with anger at Job because he satisfied, justified himself rather than God. He turned with anger also at Job. And that Job's three friends became, deterred, declared Job to be in the wrong. Now, Elihu now had waited to speak to Job because they were elder than him. So he was reverend. The older guys came. Bless Job out, accused him of everything. Job sitting too long. They replied with the vigor about how he had tried to be patient with God, how he wanted God to help him. So Eli continues on, and he rebukes Job, but not directly. He rebukes Job because Job is not wavering to denounce God. One didn't know why it was happening to him. Eli, you are certain. Asserts God's justice. Justice. Then Elihu answered and said, "Hear my word, you wise man, talking to the three prophets. For ear tests the words, and the pulse, our palate tests the food. Let us choose what is right. Go to God. Let's choose who's right." For Job said, "I I am in the Right, and God has saved my right. God has taken everything from me. Has God taken things away from you? Is your health good? Is your wealth good? Is your life good? Are you testifying for God? Or you feel like a rotten kid that God has taken your life? 235. Joe, Elihu continues to condemn Job. And Elihu answered and said, Do you think this 
to be just? Do you say is my right before God? You don't have the right to say that, Joe. You're right before God. It's what God wants from you. Chapter 36, Elihu continues and said, Bear with me a little, and I will show you, or have something to say on God's behalf. Elihu continues and said, At this also my heart trembles and leaps out of place. Keep listening to the thunder of his voice. Always listen to God. When you're down and out, there's nowhere to go. God is there. I've been in many places and done many things. I've been in many car wrecks. I've been in airplane crashes. But God was always there. Why did I survive? Maybe because I can be here today and I can talk to you about God. And that's what I want you to understand. That God will always live in your heart. He'll never let you go. I know I said in a bar one time in Waikiki, Hawaii. I was in a bourbon and soda. I was by myself. My friend's over in the next table, that table across the aisle. I was sitting in the bar. Come on, Gene, come over to us. I don't want to see everyone. Because I want to see God. I wasn't listening to God. In fact, I was as far as I could get from God. God would not leave me alone. Tears came to my eyes. I reached in my wallet and I put out a little verse that I would have carried with me. It said, John 3.16, For God so loved the world. You know, there was a grown man sitting in a bar looking for women. And I pull out this verse. Do you carry a verse with you in your heart? God wants you. God wants to God wants you to understand He loves you. I mean I can love a person and I can forget a person. God never forgets. God speaks to Job. That's the first time that God has spoke to Job. Well, Job, he said, what's on your mind? Do you know how great I am, Job? Job, I couldn't believe that he sure does. Do you know when he, when the mountain goats give birth? Did there the calving of the doe? He goes on and talks about to Job. He says, Job, where, where were you when I formed the earth? Where were you when... Everything comes in order. And Job, I'm here. The Lord's challenged Job. Then the Lord answered to Job, and the whirlwind said, Dress rashly, Job, like a man. I'll question you, and you will, and you make it known to me. Will you ever put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me when I, when I know I'm right? How can you? Arms be like God. God tells him how powerful he is, how all knowing he is. And Job sit there, could not say anything. But God was talking to him. 
Chapter 41 continues on how great God is. Can you do other than Leviathan with a fish hook pressed down his tongue? Can you put rope in his nose? Throw him an alligator or a crocodile. Job confessed Now remember, Job did not curse God. He bemoaned his he bemoaned his health, his suffering. He wouldn't know where God was. For two chapters, two and a half chapters, God tells him how great he is. And then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I need not. Don't try to understand God like that. God knows what Aaron, God knows your thoughts or even said. He knew Job's thoughts. He knew what was behind Satan's accusations. He knew his three friends' faults. And the Lord rebukes Job's <coughs> I'm going to read this to you for Exactly, it says the Lord spoke these words to to Job. The Lord said to Eliphaz and to Bildad and the and the uh, uh, other friend, "My servant Job has prayed for you, and I will pray for you. No matter how it's run out. In fact, it's already run out. But anyway, he says to Job, he says to his friends, he says, you know what, you didn't." picture me right. I didn't say these things about Job. You made your accusations because you know it all. But I don't have Job pray for you. Pray for you. Give somebody praying for you. I pray that if you don't know God, you'll find God. I pray that when you are God, that you'll always live for him. I pray that you present your bodies a living sacrifice because you're God's army. And that's what he said to Job's friends. He said, Job's going to pray for you, and, and I'll pray for you. And when I pray for you, I'll, I'll, I'll hear his prayer, and I'll forgive you. He did, and his true friends were exonerated because Job prayed for him. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job, whom he has prayed, prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He lived to be 140 years old after, after everything's here. And his daughters he got back were beautiful, the most beautiful daughters in the land. And the sons had, had their houses rebuilt. And Job's house revealed. And the wife said, curse God and die. I'm not sure what happened to him, her. Because God doesn't deliberate in, in in the book of Job. But I'm sure that he was, she was ashamed. But for whatever you do, always see Job as a man that trusted God. Did he question God? Yes. But he restored his fortunes. God will restore your fortune. God will restore your prayers. 
and everything. Today, if you know God, live it, live it. And that's all I'm going to say today about Joe. And I think Pete wanted me to talk about somebody next week. What do you want to talk about, Pete? Well, I, I got to jump off that because I just I got two minutes here. But uh, I think that we'll talk about relationships and God and how how to attract a great relationship of your dreams, men and women, maybe even business. I don't know. So anyway, uh, I think that's a good one to talk about. You know, get the perspective of God, our buddy, right? Don't you think that'd be fun? Relationships, um, right? Yeah, relationships. You- so I love everybody. I gotta go, Dad. It's like I've got to get this car over there. Okay, so. Um, uh, they gave me, I just got to get over there. You understand. Anyway, care everybody. Okay. Uh, you can close the call if you want to say anything, Dad. I got to go. Okay, love you. Love everybody. Bye. Love you. But anyway.